We now welcome onto the podcast someone that both me and Tyler are very excited to speak with today, director Randy Wilkins of the upcoming ESPN documentary titled The Captain that will be premiering Monday, July 18th, telling the story of Derek Jeter's career, the GOAT, as, as I like to say. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Randy. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Yes, appreciate you coming on, spending some time. We've seen uh, the, uh, was it last week was the the premiere at Yankee Stadium, right? That was last week? Yeah, that was last week. Uh, last Thursday, I believe. That was dope, man. That was really cool. Yeah. And you showed, was it the first episode or both the first two episodes? Uh, we showed the first two. Um, we showed the first one uh, at Tribeca, and then we showed the first two at Yankee Stadium. We wanted That's... to um, we wanted to make sure that Yankees fans saw some uh, championships uh, in the second episode. <laughs> so we wanted to make sure they left happy. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I saw that, I was like, that's the perfect, that's a perfect place to be debuting that and showing it in front of the fans. But uh, just to start it off, man, I think I saw, was it a year and a half or two years ago that it was publicly announced that this uh, documentary would be happening? Or how did this all kind of come together? When did this start up? When did you get pitched on it? Or how, how did this all formulate here? So it was announced officially last May, I believe, but we were in talks with it uh, a year prior to that. So, um, Spike Lee is a major part of my life. I've known him pretty much my adult life, my entire adult life. And, um, he's close friends with Derek. So in June of 2020, when the pandemic, the first wave was like really raging and people were still in their homes, Spike called me to check up on me and see how I'm doing. And then he asked me who was my favorite Yankee. And, I told him Derek Jeter, but I also thought it was a little odd that he was asking me who my favorite Yankee was while we're in the middle of this pandemic. There's no baseball, there's no nothing going on. So uh, he mentioned to me that Derek wanted to do a film on himself. He wanted to do a doc and Spike had recommended me to Derek. So I almost like dropped the phone, almost had like a heart attack. One, because <laughs> I, I never thought Derek would ever do a film on himself, but also obviously the potential opportunity to help tell that story. So um, I met Derek on a Zoom. He was in Miami and uh, Spike was on it as well. And the first time I spoke with Derek, it felt like I'd known him for 10 years. It was very odd. It, it, it was weird. We hit it off right away. So we had been talking about it since June of 2020. And thankfully ESPN signed on to, uh, to distribute it and finance it. And then here we are, you know, a couple of days away from the premiere. Oh yeah. What was it? What was the toughest part of the uh, the whole process? Was it getting there? Was it kind of getting to know Derek? I know you said you kind of de defeats the purpose of the question, I suppose. But you said you got to know him, or when you first met him, you instantly kind of clicked. But uh, what was kind of the toughest part of the whole the whole documentary journey? Honestly, I I think that it's just getting all these people together. We did ninety interviews, you know, and it's so many accomplished people with busy schedules with um other time commitments living in different parts of the country we filmed the majority of it in new york so i think a lot of it was just making sure that we got all the voices and we did interviews that were three to four hours long because we wanted to be as robust and um and as like covered as possible 
Mm-hmm. So I think getting all of these amazing athletes and journalists and celebrities to commit one to doing it, but then also committing that much time was an incredible challenge. But everybody was down to do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was like if we if we asked like 98 percent of the people, they were down to do it. And I think once we had that, I knew that we had a great film because there was so many there were so many voices. Derek was open and candid. Um, and we have so many important voices that I think the next challenge was making sure that we had the most compelling version of the film because you can go a million different ways. But I think the path we chose was was the strongest one. Oh, yeah. Everyone's just trying to make it work. That's awesome yeah. to hear, though. Yeah. It's a lot of love for Derek. Like, that's how you know when you have a lot of respect from people when they put the effort to be a part of something like this. And that was very apparent right from jump. That's dope. That's I name I named my dog. That's that's sleeping right next to me uh, after Derek Jeter. I got him oh, last you? year. Oh yeah, got a Yankee collar on and everything. So. Nice. Uh, <laughs> funny story. The uh, the president of ESPN, Jimmy Pitaro, uh, when uh-huh. we pitched it, he he told us that he named his dog Jeter. So really? <laughs> he's also yeah, he's like a huge Yankees fan and like was all about the project. And um, yeah, it was, I I assume there are a lot of people that have named their their dogs after Derek. Oh yeah. hundred yeah, yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, so we, me and Tyler were both born in 98. So we were at the tail end. Oh, okay. we, were, we were, we were too young to see it, but we saw 2009. But, um, a question that I would have is a lot of fans know the story of Derek and they, or they know the story of the Derek. They know the story of the nineties Yankees. And, you know, we hear it at when, to, when it comes to like my parents or even my brother, my older brother, it comes in the form of like fairy tales sometimes the way that they tell, tell about the, the team. What is something that even the fans that may be diehard and were like fully immersed as a lot of diehard Yankee fans were that will come out of this documentary and saying, wow, like I didn't know that that's awesome. That's a new thing. I'm, that's coming to me. Um, I think there are a couple of things. I think Derek's relationship with the Yankees over time is something that a lot of people don't know. I think that, the relationship is romanticized a little bit, but Derek is very open in that there were moments where he and the organization didn't see eye to eye, that there were definitely conflicts. Uh, there were definitely moments with Cashman and Derek where they didn't see eye to eye, that there was there was definite tension. Um, I think just kind of like the intricacies of their rise and, and then the period where they kind of fell a little bit, there's a lot of dynamics to it that people just wouldn't know because they didn't have access to any of the people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they people will learn a lot about how important loyalty and trust truly are to Derek. You know, it's, it's hinted at, but he, he's very clear on how those values are crucial and how he interacts with people and, and kind of determines if they're going to be in his circle or not. Um, I think there's some like inside baseball things that we talk about, you know, and even with like the 04 collapse guys reveal how they truly responded to, to losing that series that people don't know. Cause they, they never talked about it. I think it's littered throughout, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we struck a balance where yes, we wanted, uh, non-baseball fans and non-Yankees fans to enjoy it and be a part of it. But we also knew that Yankees fans wanted to learn something mm-hmm. that they didn't know. You know what I mean? So, like, going back to your question about the challenge, I think that's also another challenge, was making it global and universal, but also understanding mm-hmm. that there's, like, millions and millions of Yankees fans that know a lot about Derek. So we wanted to make sure that there were things throughout where they 
you know, they learn something, they take something away from it. So, and I think because Derek was so private, there are a lot of things that he says in the film that people just don't know because he wouldn't reveal it. Um, so I think it's littered throughout. I mean, he even curses. Like, there's not a Yankees fan that's ever heard Derek Jeter <laughs> yeah. curse. You know what I mean? Like, that'll, so, that'll be new. That'll be new. Yeah. So even something like that is different. You know what I mean? So um, I think it comes in big and small ways. Cool. It's getting me fired up just listening to this. I'm going to – I got to unblur my background right now so I can show off my Jeter framed pick right there. I didn't even realize it was there. But um, jumping into a next one. Um, what, what was it like kind of doing a sports documentary and how, how does it kind of different from other films that you may have done in the past or something special about this one? How are we feeling about it? I mean, it's special because it's Derek, it's the Yankees. Obviously we're all Yankees fans. I grew up in the Bronx. Um, I'm a little older than you guys. So I remember when they weren't good and then, um, David Cohn came and Wade Boggs came and Paul O'Neill came and they started to be good. Yeah. And then Derek came and now we have a dynasty so I went through all of that so it's special on a personal level because I, I experienced a lot of it and these were a lot of, of my childhood heroes sports heroes but in terms of like a sports doc I don't I don't treat it that way you know a film is a film okay. a story is a story so yes it's centered around sports and a sports figure but I, it's really about who is the human behind all of that you know what I mean so you treat it uh any other way in terms of a documentary subject as you would if it was somebody that was a politician or a doctor or whatever, it doesn't really matter. You know, like there's still tenets to storytelling that you have to be true to. And my fandom couldn't play a role in how this film is presented or constructed. You know what I mean? Cause mm -hmm. then it's biased and uh, it's not doing anybody a, a service. So um, sports stock is, doesn't really factor into it. What, what, what tells the best story? What's the best way to do it? What is this about? What are we trying to say here? And you want to create emotional connections. Like when you guys watch this, I want you to feel closer to Derek. I want you to feel something, you know, and that, that would be true if, if it was about somebody who wasn't uh, a superstar athlete. So you treat it all the same. Dope. Cool. Dope. Gotcha. Um, so on Sunday night baseball this past Sunday, they teased, um, I don't know if it's the, it was, if it was a specific trailer just for that Sunday night baseball, but they tease a little bit of with him and a rod. And that was something yeah. that sparked. I had a, uh, one of my buddies, that's a Red Sox fan that was obviously watching the game that we're not going to talk about. Cause that was a ugly game. Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, he messaged me and he goes, man, how excited are you for this documentary? And this is coming from a Red Sox fan. He's like that, that a rod and Jeter conversation, like got me jacked up, man. And yeah. So that's when I saw that, I, I'm sure a lot of other Yankee fans are saying, oh, this is going to be juicy. So uh, what was that like? Was it I, I don't without giving too much away, obviously, because we want to watch it. But what was that like seeing uh, uh, having A-Rod come in and discuss that at first, maybe dicey relationship and how it may, talks about how maybe it evolved over time? Yeah, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, I wasn't sure if he was going to answer any of my questions, how far he was going to take the answers. If he did, I, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but he was candid, you know, he was open. He, my big thing is to speak your truth. Mm. Like I told everybody that was in the film, do not feel compelled to kiss Derek's ass. Cause you think you're doing something for the film. The, the way that this film will succeed is by hearing people's truths. Like this is not a Yankeeography, you know what I mean? So 
Um, I told Alex that, I told Brian Cashman that, I told all the journalists, like everybody heard my spiel. And I appreciate A-Rod, you know, opening up about it. I mean, the, the first couple of questions uh, outside of like, how did you meet Derek and all that stuff were about his relationship and he jumped right into it, you know, and he was, he was honest about it. Um, he didn't, he didn't duck the questions. Uh, there was a moment where it got a little tense I think there was a moment where he felt like, you know, he was going to be vilified in the film and I had to remind him that's not why we're here. I have no, I don't know you. I don't really know Derek. It's not my place to like judge either one of you or pick a side. That's not my job. Um, and then we moved on. We were cool. But uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm very appreciative that both Alex and Derek spoke about it. And it's, it's littered throughout the film. Like it's not just one scene where we talk about it, then we move on and never address it. Um, Alex is in multiple episodes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I know that's like one of the juicy things that people want to, want to hear about and know more about and, and we get into it. So, uh, I'm proud that we're able to, to provide that to people. Excited for it. Excited for it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. So if you're the pup kind of getting into it a little, a little bit over there, but, um, I'm sorry. My guy's sleeping, so he might wake up and start going crazy. So. He just was sleeping. He probably heard the wind or something that bothered him. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> always barking at nothing. But yeah. um, I'm sure you guys talked about this in the film, though. But I kind of wanted to get your perspective to it. As a Yanks fan, I mean, personally, I'm kind of done. We hear so many Jeter comparisons kind of day in and day out. Something that bothers me. I'm just like, just let my boy, let Jeter be Jeter, you know? Um what was his, if you can, did he have any sort of take on that? Something you can kind of give us a little sneak peek to it. Does he like the comparisons? Does he like kind of being relevant in the media still? Or what, what, what is, uh, how'd that work out? Um, I think he's honored that people were inspired by him and like wore his number and he, you know, inspired a, another generation of shortstops. But we honestly didn't really get into it. I don't think he cares that much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's living his life. He's a dad. He has three daughters. He's married. Doing you know, he has thing. other, yeah, he has other ambitions now. Um, I think when the Carlos Correa thing happened, when Carlos kind of like took that shot at him uh, earlier this year. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that threw him off. Cause his whole thing is I'm not talking about you. Why are you talking about me? You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, when it comes to something that might be perceived as a slight or something, I think for him, it's just like, I'm not talking about you. Why do you need to talk about me? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think over, I mean, I don't, I don't know many people that wouldn't be happy that other people find them inspiring or that they're still relevant. Um, I think, you know, part of that conversation is, is he overrated? Like, is he yeah. as good as people like make him out to be? Blasphemous. And I think, yeah, yeah, oh, totally. But <laughs> I think from his perspective, and we talked about it, I think he's very comfortable with criticism. Like he understands that that comes along with the job. Um, he's confident in what he's accomplished. He'll tell you he has five rings, so it's not much you can really say to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's comfortable with the criticism. He knows that it's there. It's not going to ever go away. Um, I think he just knows that that's part of the job and he just goes on about his business. Yeah, but he's certainly done a great job yes, in the New York absolutely. media for so long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. masterclass. Yeah. Just yeah. insane. Um, So you've been watching a lot of this season. The 2022 Yankees have been super exciting. And a uh, question I would have for you is you were, you were talking to all these people that were surrounding the team during that time of all the success. And now we hear 
the well, Yes Network and all maybe ESPN and everybody, they'll show up the stats of comparing them to the 98 Yankees because of this historic start. Um, what maybe you as a fan and then how you dived into the, the kind of mentality behind all these players that you were talking to, uh, any similarities you see there? Like what? Because we watched last year and I'm obviously you watched last year, 2021, polar opposite, man, of what yeah. we were. Yankee fans were like, back and forth it was crazy it was a yeah, swing yeah. of emotions that was wild so yeah. what what um maybe that you see that because me and tyler personally aren't huge fans of the comparison of like the 98 yankees and are like i don't know leave them where they are or like ah, it puts a lot of pressure on us but what would you maybe say that you're seeing from uh this team this year and then what you saw what you saw and what the information you gathered further when you were doing this documentary and you say oh that makes that's kind of comparable there or whatever i think it's just their competitive attitude and approach that is similar. I don't think that the teams are very similar. I mean, the Yankees have one guy that hit more home runs by the all-star break than anybody on the 98 team hit in a full season. So, yeah, so wild, very, yeah. So it's very different uh, roster construction and reliance upon power in this day and age versus like back in 98, they're just different teams. But I think the one big similarity, and, and I know that this is true because multiple guys from that team talked about it, was this, this everyday consistent relentlessness and this belief that once we got off the bus, we were going to win. Mm -hmm. Like the game was over before we showed up. And I think that this Yankees team is building it specifically for this season. I think part of it with the Yankees in 98 was that they had already won a title. You know, so there was already they had already been at the mountaintop. Yep. The Yankees of 22 obviously don't have that, but they have that attitude that we're going to win every single game and that that's the goal. We're not going to take a game off. We're not going to take an inning off. We're just going to compete every single inning, every single pitch. And I think you see that in like the comebacks, even last night against Cincinnati, they lost, but they lost by a run. They were down three in the 10th. They could have easily just given these dead bats up. And I think, like, the 21 Yankees would have given the Ed Bats up. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? This team doesn't do that. I think that there's, like, a very singular focus on trying to win a championship. I think that there's an urgency, the same urgency that the 98 team has since they lost in 97. They have something to prove. And I think the 21 season is kind of, like, this team's version of 1997. You know what I mean? That it was, like, unfinished business and that the ride was cut short way too early. So I think the biggest similarity is just their attitude and like how competitive they are uh, inning to inning, pitch to pitch, all that cliche stuff. Yeah. You can sense a real difference in hunger this year. Like we talk about it every week when we do the recaps, like the, the sense of hunger is completely different. And, yep. you know, you, you can attribute that to a guy like Rizzo coming in and different guy like Donaldson coming in, bringing a new attitude. Cause and Aaron Hicks said it at the beginning of the year, the Yankees needed an FU attitude and they've, and those guys have helped bring it in. Um, but I also think, I also think the organization feels that way. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they were very specific on who they wanted on this team, whether it was a popular move or not. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they were just kind of ruthless in how they evaluated the roster and said, we need to address these other areas of the game pretty aggressively and very uh, pointedly. So I think the entire organization felt it. I just think that 21, like 
put a lot of things in perspective for the Yankees, that it was like, this is a BS season. We know we could have been better, but something was off and they figured out what those things were. And they all went to work like mm -hmm. collectively. And I think that, you know, now you're seeing their capabilities like at the highest level. So hopefully it keeps up. Yes, we need to keep up. 100%. I mean, just going back to the wild card game last year, obviously, you know, not a great game. But uh, Boone's comments after, he was like, Lee caught up to us. And yeah. just kind of admitting that the, uh, that the org kind of needed some changes in some way. And I think it, just looking at this year, you know, obviously you go on Twitter, it's a different story. But fans are yeah. more <laughs> – fans have a, a much more um, sense of, like, confidence in the organization and just decision-making, which I think was definitely lacking the last couple of years. But here's probably my most important question to you. Is T. Wade making an impact this year or, or, or what? Hell no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I don't, nah. I don't understand why he's back. Everybody knows on Twitter how I feel about Tyler Wade, so I know why this question was asked. Um, did yeah, you tweet no, about him? Because I seriously didn't even see it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I saw yeah, it. Yeah. I saw it. I did yeah. not. <laughs> the, the best part about that, though, were people, like, legitimately mad at me or, like, upset with me that I was, like, talking about Tyler Wade. And they were like, you know, why are you getting so bent out of shape over this? It was like, man, you must be new here. Like, this is not new. <laughs> This is how I feel about him. <laughs> like, I don't like him. I never will like him. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely tweeted about it. So He's having a terrible year, too. Oh, because he's, he's, he's just – I mean, are you surprised? Yeah. We were just talking about it. Um, uh, a Bronx native and Andrew Velasquez, who was on the team last year, yeah. is still on the Angels roster. And um, so, I guess that's what you can – you can take that for what it is. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, what would you rather have? I got to ask you this as the trade deadline approaches, but like just in terms of playing, would you rather have Tyler Wade playing in the outfield or Joey Gallo? Or are we going to make a, a left field? Oh, Joey, left field? Gallo. Joey Gallo. Oh, you still Joey going with Gallo? Gallo? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, okay, here's one thing with Gallo. He's good. I just don't know what's going on. I don't think all of it is like playing in New York. I mean, that might be part of it. I think it snowballed into that, but it felt like there was. He, he just didn't make adjustments or he wasn't willing to make adjustments. And now it's like snowball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like we're fans and I'm pretty sure we can tell anybody how to pitch to Joey Gallo. You know what high I mean? High fastball, like, high fastball. He can't. Yeah. It's yeah. Just... He, can't, he, he can't hit it, but it's like that requires an adjustment that he hasn't made. And mm -hmm. it feels like he's just not, he's refusing or like not able to execute the adjustment. So like, I really like Joey Gallo. I know it's not working. I know he probably will not be a Yankee for much longer, but I would certainly take Gallo over Tyler Wade. I, I mean, yeah. I'd yeah. take you All guys right. over Tyler Wade. <laughs> oh, man. You know that's, I, mean? like, that's I think he's got grade. like a, a 540 yeah. OPS right now or something like that, 52 yeah. OPS plus. Something yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> the, the dude runs fast, so give, give it to him. He does. Yeah. He's a very fast guy. Yeah. yeah. Do you, th do you think they make a – do you think they make what, – what do you think their deadline moves, maybe something – like I said, left field, you think they make a move there or, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's tough now. Cause you know, with the Royals thing in Toronto, yeah. it's hard to know who is actually available. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think you can trade for Ben and Tendi just for competitive reasons, whatever your feelings are about the vaccine. It's a fact yeah. mm -hmm. that he cannot play unless he changes his mind. Yep. So I think that that's difficult for any AL team, you know, if you got to play Toronto, cause I think they're making a playoffs. 
Uh, I definitely think that they will address pitching, whether it's a starter or a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to make multiple moves. It might be like one relatively big move and then some like depth stuff because with Severino hurt, you know, now you start to see some like some depth, some depth issues that might be arising. So I think they'll make a couple moves. I, I think Brian Cashman is very aware of like what's at stake here and what the potential is. So I, I think from his history, he will make moves. I don't think this is like 98 where you're just like, we're good. I think you have Houston that you have to worry about. I think you have to worry about the teams in the AL East in the playoffs because um, they know how to play the Yankees. So I think you'll, I think you'll make a couple of moves. Yeah, we're, we're hoping for it. We were just talking about how we hope Ian Happ can maybe potentially yeah. or, you know, if it's a Brian Reynolds or someone there, we got to see. Yeah. Um, they got to get somebody to move, Rob. Yeah, it's uh, – although Reynolds is on the aisle right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but we'll have, to, what, we'll have to see. I don't think Reynolds will happen. Uh, yeah. Hat might yeah. happen, but I'm not sure Reynolds is going to yeah. happen. That's a that'll, that'll some sort of rental. Good. Yeah, some sort yeah. of rental. Um, did, uh, back to Jeter real quick. Um, does he – do you guys at all talk about the one Hall of Fame vote that he does not get? <laughs> uh, we don't – I mean, we put it in the part in his speech where he mentions it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's such a mystery that, like – even he, I mean, he doesn't even know who it is and like what's going on. Like nobody knows who this person is. Wild. So yeah, Red so, Sox fan I mean, easily. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we acknowledge it uh, in his speech because we thought it was funny and we included it, mm. but we didn't really harp on it. You know, yeah. you know, we don't want to give that person shine for being an idiot. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. For being but, uh, a hater. Yeah, straight up, straight up. Um, yeah, but we really appreciate you coming on, Randy. Uh, Best of luck with the with the launch of the. I know I'll be watching on on Monday. Thank you. I'll pro- is it uh? What time does it premiere? Is it long? Uh, with- it's it's right after the home run derby. So okay. they say ten, but it's like whenever the home run derby officially ends, yep. then it'll be. And then just so people know, it'll be every Thursday, uh, starting next Thursday. So it'll be Monday. Will be episode one, and then uh, that same Thursday, uh, it'll be episodes one and two, and then it'll be the next couple of Thursdays. Awesome. Awesome. I know right. I'll be, I'll be staying up past the home run derby to watch that. Really appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you. Last quick question. Who do you, you talked about your, uh, your relationship with Spike Lee. Who do you think is a bigger Yankee fan? You or Spike? Me. <laughs> you? <laughs> the, only right asked, an, the only right yeah, answer. Yeah. He asked, he asked me questions about the Yankees. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. He can take the Knicks. I'll take the Yankees. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Randy, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I right, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Tyler, we just got done speaking with Randy Wilkins, the director of the ESPN documentary, The Captain, and now we are heading into chatting about the New York Yankees just dropped a series against the Cincinnati Reds, dude. What's going on right now? Yeah, bro, a lot of stuff to take from this series. Um, Yanks are kind of hobbling into the all-star break, Rob. Uh, Still 13 up, so, you know. Not what Yankees Twitter may agree with, but the sky is not currently falling. But, yeah, dude, Yanks dropped two out of three to the Reds. Uh, pretty ugly series. They honestly could have gotten swept pretty easily, too. Um, they've lost four of their last five. And now we're welcoming in the Sox to the Bronx, who just got swept by the Rays. So I'm sure they're going to want to win some baseball games, probably. Um, yes. They're 15 and a half back, I think. 
It got some people hurt, Rob. A trade happened. Um, the Orioles are the best team in baseball. Currently. But, yeah. <laughs> Should we just get into yeah. some housekeeping? Yeah, let's do it. Um, an old friend is back with the New yes. York Yankees. Yes, Tyler sir. Wade <laughs> was traded for after he was DFA'd by the Angels. Um, but they still had, I believe, his rights and stuff. So, uh, cask cash considerations for tyler wade oh yeah um keeps as i told you keeps aaron judge happy he's a familiar face the yankees are comfortable with him there's a split reaction i've seen at least on twitter of what people feel about it um people in our comments on posts saying oh god Mm -hmm. he's back but i'm not freaking (laughs) out i'm not i'm really not freaking out um dude i'll be honest you know there's uh there was a certain point in the season where Joey Gallo was playing really bad, and I thought to myself, "Man, I, would I even at this point want Tyler Wade in there?" And I think yeah, Max at least Goodman he runs fast. Yeah, I think Max Goodman, friend of the pod, put up a stat the other day, or maybe yesterday, about Joey Gallo's just Joey Gallo in general. I think his average or something since like June 18th, and it is horrendous. And yeah. I know Tyler Wade. Uh, He's been terrible, too. (laughs) Listen, yeah. At least he plays five positions. When the Angels are keeping... um, When the Angels are keeping Andrew Velasquez on the roster over Tyler Wade, that'll tell you one thing of where... No slight at Andrew Velasquez, but just to put it in perspective, like... Yankee, I know Yankee fans, what he did last year was very solid, and he was a solid contributor. And it was weird because he became sort of a – the he did a 180 from where a lot of fans were. Some fans still stick that way. I'm still skeptical of him, but I'm, obviously I'm not mad at the, the pickup because the Yankees are – he now gets – uh, he now definitely gets more, uh, and Miguel Andujar will be having less trips from the Bronx to uh, back from Scranton. Yeah, so. probably. So, um, but he's boys with Judge, so that's a plus, and he's going to be getting at least some playing time at some point this year, if especially if the injuries start ramping up like they mm-hmm. unfortunately are right now. Um, but I'm not crazy mad about it. Uh, it was just funny to see the conversation back and forth of people being like, "Oh, Tyler Wade's terrible. Oh, yeah. Tyler Wade's a good contributor. He'll be fine." <laughs> so I'm not. He kind I mean, the Yankees proved last year they they kind of just like his legs off the bench and. We haven't seen much of Timmy LaCastro in some time, dude. They don't have much speed off the bench, but like you said, if you know if Hicks is out for a while or you know injuries start piling up a little bit, well, we we have not seen the last of T Wade. Uh, no. I, I think we can both agree with that. But yeah, dude, couple big couple big things before we get into the game. Games, Sevy hurt, Hicks hurt, Benatendi. Uh, not Vax, so we're out on him. Yes. Um, bullpen looks kind of taxed. But the two biggest things, Rob, obviously, Sevy and Hicks, dude. Should we start with Sevy? Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's uh, That's a big, big blow. Yeah. N- huge if he is not um, – if he's gone for a considerable amount of time. I'm really hoping it's nothing more than – dare I say a month but it'll be tough for him when he's in a groove all year then to come back in September and have to um, oh dude that is that's terrible I hate the I hate like when you say September it makes it even worse for me honestly yeah but you're probably right is he's gonna I mean what is he gonna have maybe two three weeks left in September like 
being hopeful because yeah. they're going to be cautious with him. Um, you got to think he doesn't throw for at least the full 15 days he's on the IL. Yeah, so that's and then it's he's tough. Gotta, yeah. So he goes, yeah, I mean, just not going to get into game two yet, but obviously he only went two innings in this game. Um, it was pretty – I think our, our boy, uh, New York Yankees Recaps, he tweeted it after, like, the first hitter. He was like, I think Seve's injured. Um, his fastball is way down, obviously. I think it was down, like, two, three miles per hour. And he opened up the game with, like, three or four breaking balls, which I think, yes, dug it up. And he's, like, never done that. Like, he's opened up with a breaking ball, obviously, before. But he's never yeah. opened up with, like, three or four of them. And then – Obviously, in the presser after the game, he was like, yeah, I woke up with shoulder tightness. And I'm just like, one, I honestly would have rather not heard that, I think. Because if you're hurt, dude, especially you, bro, just tell everyone. Like, don't pitch, dude. That was a tough one when I saw that clip after. Yeah, I mean, they're going – you know, Herman is back on the way, it seems. Clark, So he will – he will be uh, a huge insurance policy for their for their um, pitching staff. Maybe did we get a taste of Luis Castillo potential future trade piece? Although I I saw I don't know if that was Hoke or someone that tweeted it that the Reds were looking for Volpe or trying to ask for Volpe. I mean Castillo's been really good clearly by his start yesterday, but I don't He's know about gross. trading Volpe. No, um, no. I don't even think he has that much on his con- – I don't know how many years of control he has. He has two more years. One? I think he has two more years. Okay. Him That's and Montas are the same. Him and Montas are the same amount of control. But, um, yeah, the name of the game with Seve is that we just hope for the best. I think that – I th- my gut says that he will be pitching this year, but I don't know mm-hmm. when exactly we'll get him back in time for then. You know, We were talking about – God forbid, I think – Two episodes ago, we were talking about how we may even start Seve if we're playing Boston in a yeah <laughs> winner go home game. But now it says I don't know how healthy that guy that guy's going to be. Um, yeah. But we know that he came back and he came in relief in the wild card game, so he's a gamer and he'll go back out there and he'll do it. But I want I know, him just, full force, Rob. Obviously. Exactly what what we saw for the first three months of the season. Um, the Hicks injury. Uh, yeah, that was tough to watch because he fouled it off his. His leg. It just um, looks like it freaking hurt, dude. X-rays come back negative. He had to get walked down into the into the what's it called the the dugout into the clubhouse, um, and that was tough to see. And Hicks, it it really stinks for him because he he's been on a really hot stretch of baseball mm-hmm. after a really bad start, and he's going to. And we heard the talk of we've been talking about it and we've heard the rumors of them looking for a left fielder or just an outfielder in general, obviously with the Ben and news that goes down the pooper for him, at least for that <laughs> as an left fielder. Um, but it was, it was tough because a lot of people were uh, flipping the script on Hicks and they were really enjoying what they've been seeing. And obviously because he's, I think over the last games he had close to a 900 or over the last 45 games, close to a 900 OPS. Yeah. And he's, he's got um, a 282, Average 393 on base, 505 slugging, 898 OPS, 157 WRC plus. So he is he is supposed to be slotted back to come uh, next week, though, as what I hope Boone I, said. Yeah, I heard I heard them say that, but then also the thing I heard it this morning listening to a pod. What if they're kind of just blowing, blowing smoke? And because they're what if if they were to come out and be like Hicks is gone for six weeks. 
then all of a sudden the price of any left fielder you're looking for just got that much higher because they yeah. every team has leverage. But that's just uh-huh. that's just my that's just my conspiracy theory bouncing back at it. <laughs> I think he'll be so, alright because uh, he, he didn't break his leg, obviously. But it looked like he could have. He though. bruised the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, with left field, it really sucks with Benintendi. You. It's just the the potential of them playing. The potential of them playing Toronto and just missing that guy for at least three games is just the guy that you trade for. And he's been having a great year. He's an all-star for Kansas city, but mm-hmm. I mean, half their, like half their roster, it seems didn't get the vaccine and they couldn't yeah, go to Toronto. They had to call up a bunch of people. So um, that's something that I was talking to a friend that is a Red Sox fan. And I was telling him like, what are you guys going to do if you play Toronto in a, in that first stretch of game or that first series or however it may shake up? Um, Cause like half their bullpen isn't vaccinated. So, that is it's something to really consider when you're making these trades um other candidates i'm really hoping ian happ is mm-hmm. vaccinated and a uh, brian reynolds i know he's on the aisle right now i i really hope he would be vaccinated as well because it's a it's a big factor just and it's not because of the blue jays it's because of canada so that's just a country law so you you can't like you know what a baseball fan's going to do at that point yeah. so it sucks so well that and um, you just don't want to is that something we want to throw in the clubhouse right now yeah like not yeah. not even and, just virus wise just like everyone's kind of vaxxed and on the same page yeah it seems everyone like. that's what i give the yankees a lot of credit for is that they just said you know do we agree with it or do we not agree however you feel on it but they said we're doing it for the team and i give them a lot of credit like you know guys like i know rizzo was the one that was clearly out um, cause he talked about it prior when he was with the Cubs, but he, he, he went ahead and he got it. So, uh, yeah, it's just something that the Yankees aren't willing to bring in and mm-hmm. it is what it is. Ian uh, Happ would be a treat, dude. Ian Happ would pretty be a treat. Numbers. Yes. Um, all right. This Cincinnati red series was <laughs> ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly. Uh, Garrett Cole, first game, seven innings, pitch, four hits, zero runs, one walk, 11 Ks, a really good start by Garrett Cole that we're up by three runs heading into the last inning uh, courtesy of some Rizzo and Donaldson RBIs and Clay Holmes finally throws up a stinker and blows his first blows his first real game because his prior games that he did quote-unquote blow he didn't get the or I think was the Tampa one he may have gotten one earned run but there were some runners on base left on base prior I think he came in in the eighth and then he gave it up and Mm -hmm. then that Red Sox appearance but he didn't get any earned runs um yeah and people what was it SNY who's a New York sports network they put out how how worried are you about Clay Holmes dude it's one game what like I was there no news the other day or something? That's what we have to talk about. <laughs> like, I, pretty much, I, like it's he's been, just terrible. If if he has a stretch of them, sure, I will give it to you. Yeah, like if a you want to ask that question, thing. but not after one single outing. Uh huh. About to say, I'm, sh- I'm sh- the sky is falling. Yeah. <laughs> he also didn't have a great game too, but he still had a clean inning. Like he did not look like he had his gross stuff. I think he walked the first batter on four pitches and then fell behind 3-0. The next batter gave up a single, but he got out of it. But, yeah, dude, I mean, Holmes had a big stinker. This game was just fucking weird, bro. Um, um, before I, like, get into how I was watching it, uh, Clay obviously gives up. I think it ended up 
being three earned, four earned. Yeah, ends up giving up four earned. His ERA, he's been that good, dude. His ERA jumps from 0.46 to 1.37. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Your ERA jumped almost a full point, and you're still in the, the low ones. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, this was Judge. They gave him a double rest day. That's like a Yankee classic right there. I don't hate it at all, uh, especially when this was a game you kind of expected to win. But after, like, the third inning, bro, Yanks were up 3 nothing. I was like, all right, this game's over. <laughs> Yanks will score two more, maybe. Uh, Cole's going to be dealing and just hand over to the pen. But, uh, yeah, Yanks just, Yanks just didn't score anymore for that. Uh-huh. They, I, I guess, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, I'm sitting here on my couch watching this game. I fell asleep sometime in the eighth inning or, like, in between something. I don't even know. I think Labor had a double maybe in the eighth. Maybe it, was, maybe it was around then. I don't know. And I wake up, dude, and it's 3-2, no outs, bases loaded, Wandy's pitching. So I had to go back and watch all of Clay Holmes. And, yeah, dude was erratic, to say the least. I think he hit two batters. I think he walked one of them. Um, gave up two hits, I believe. It was just weird. Definitely weird. Uh, they got him out of there basically as fast as they could have got him out of there. Um uh-huh. But yeah, you know he he's allowed to do that. Is what it is. Yeah. Worst loss of the season. Whatever. Um. All right. Game two was Sevy. Two innings pitch, four hits, four and runs. Uh, two walks, one K. Just absolute. Um. He just didn't have it. He gave just up didn't the back to back to back. Three home runs. Shades of Garrett Cole in Minnesota. Yeah, pull the Garrett um, Cole. Wow, this bulb, this pitching. I didn't even realize how many pitchers they used in this game. Yeah, they used so, everyone. The the way that this one went, being that this one is the one that they they won, weird one a bunch of times. Uh, it's wild. It's insane. Um, but the Reds went up four nothing after the three home runs and then Avado uh, fielder's choice. Um, and then back in the third, the Yanks tack on five runs, courtesy of a uh, fielder's choice. Glaber, a little RBI single, and then Kiner Falefa bases clearing double with the bases loaded. So they go up 5-4, and then Votto ties it. Then Stevenson, another sack fly. They go up uh, by one. The man that is Giancarlo Stanton then ties it in the bottom of the eighth. Huge. And uh, the literal version of a porch job i will say that but 100%. the man the man's clutch um and then bottom of the 10th dj lemayhew scores on a wild pitch i was a little disappointed because i thought it would have been cool to see a stand walk off on a little little single or whatever but it was all right and we'll take the dub and especially the way that the rest of the series shake, shakes out you're saying i'll take the dub however oh, you yeah. want i think joe's joe's mcfly says uh i'd rather win ugly than lose pretty then lose pretty, and that's yep. what that's what we that's what we want um couple takeaways from this game is Sevi needs to not be quiet if he's hurting uh-huh 100 percent lineup scored a little bit or no no they were full force but um lineup score seven obviously a couple things from this game dude they obviously scored like they scored seven runs but did they I think four of them were unearned for the pitcher because Rizzo grounds to India and he just boots it. 
um, which kind of allowed the inning to continue because there was two outs, I believe. Then Glaber gets up, tacks on another one, as you said. Uh, IKF pretty much had like the biggest AB of his year, or biggest AB of the year. Uh, he probably had his best at-bat of the year. Uh, he was in a 3-1 count, and IKF like, never gets to three ball counts it feels like the guy doesn't walk he doesn't like three ball counts or two two strike counts he needs to put the ball in play and he raked one dude left center gap but it's probably the farthest he could hit the ball i'm convinced um bases clearing uh double to deep center that gives us the lead obviously um and then this one was also just a case of the joey Votto not having a good season at all really um, decides to have two huge hits against us, one in this game, one in game three, obviously. Um, and then also, just to kind of wrap up this game, dude, Judge was still slumping going into this, or ending this game. He might have gotten out of it last night, but he was slumping. I remember you sent me something over his last like 18 games, like a 150, 160 batting average, and no homers. Um not playing well, which is fine, but his numbers are coming down to earth just a little bit. Uh, but something to note for the most part. We'll see if he can kind of get out of that in in uh in the series with Boston. But yeah, I mean this is an ugly win. It that's kind of all it is. Wild pitch galore. Feels like twenty twenty one again, dude. Nah, JP Sears actually. I totally forgot. J.P. Sears, bro, looks good. I know he gave up two earned at the end of the start. He goes 3.2, two hits, two earned, five Ks. Got a 1.42 ERA on the year. Um, is he someone that potentially takes Sevy's spot? I don't know if he stretched out enough yet, but what are your thoughts on that? Is that yeah. a possibility? I think so. I think they like J.P. Sears. I think he he's proven that he's a solid arm, and to back up, I think it'd be a solid option for sure. Yeah, because they got they're they're stretching Clark out in AAA. He hasn't even been up in a little bit, so they might do him in a spot start. I'd kind of be surprised if they go right back to Herman, but um, I feel a bit like dude, this pen got worked in the series. They went J.P. Sears, Albert Abreu made a bunch of appearances, Wandy. To Chapman, finally had a clean inning, I guess, dude. One inning, no hits, 1K. Clay Holmes obviously had uh, his clean inning, and then Mike King wraps it up um, or holds it in the in the top half of the 10th. And then the Yankees win, dude. Yep. Only win we will get this series. Game three yesterday. Um Nestor Cortez, seven innings pitched, four hits, one run, one walk, four Ks. Actually a very solid start for Nestor. Mm -hmm. um, Brandon Drury gets them started with a sack fly. Um, that really shouldn't have been a sack fly that they scored on if Matt Carpenter is actively engaged of what comes with the position in right field. But Nestor s sort of showed him up there, which was um, – You think he didn't know where to go with the ball, or do you think he just wasn't thinking about it? Like he no, just, I, I, well, a combination of both, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, honestly. So you think he was being lazy or, like, just didn't know no, what No, I, I think he meant to – I think – I don't think he was lazy. I think he he doesn't play there often, so he mentally yeah. was 
had a brain fart. I don't think it was laziness. I just think he just he doesn't play there often, and he he got tested a lot in this game too. In flustered. right, yeah. Um, Stanton grounded out to second to get in a run there, um, and then Vado and Farmer get them up with two more, or sorry, three more runs. Um, and then Aaron Judge in the bottom of the eighth. It looks like we have some life. And uh, Judge hits a home run. Glaber Torres ties the game. Joey Votto then in the top of the tenth doubles to get in a run. Five, and then they continue to pile on with uh, another double and a single. Um, and they go up 7-4. Matt Carpenter hits a two-run home run to get us within one. And you're saying, oh, here they go. They're coming back. They're coming back. Mm-hmm. But uh, to no avail. And the Yankees lose this one. Tough loss. Tough series altogether. They lost on my birthday. Yeah. A bunch of bastards. <laughs> I thought so I thought Glaber's home run was like a birthday present to you. I was like, because when it was 4-4, I'm like, we're winning this damn game, dude. Yeah. And then no. Well, your birthday is on Sunday, so they better win for you, right? Yeah. In, so. uh, against the Sox. Sox are a fourth-place team right now, Rob. It's about all I can say about them. Um, Baltimore Orioles. Oh, yeah. Dude, they're actually ridiculously hot. But let's – a lot happened this game, dude. So, one, Jonathan Lewiska returns. I haven't seen him in, what, two months maybe, dude? Something like Ages. that. It's got to be a minute. I can look up his game logs. But Aaron Boone said before the game, they're like, hey, we are going to immediately put him in high leverage situations, which – I'm okay with, I think. Um, it's quite literally the exact opposite they they did with Araldis Chapman, bringing him back. Um, so I don't know if there's any. Obviously, they're two completely different pitchers. Laza was, you know, the best pitcher, best relief pitcher in baseball last year. Uh, Chapman is, you know, we all know the story with Chapman. But yeah, his first game since May 22nd, they put him right into a uh, a one-one game. So, I don't know. Is that something you were all right with? I personally was okay with it. But looking back yeah, at it, I'm I, just like, because uh, Nestor probably could have gone one more if they really wanted to. I think he was at 89 pitches. Um, I don't know. It's tough because Laza, Laza's been – Laza hasn't been really that good at all this year. Like, no. With the exception no, no, no. Of maybe went. But, so, uh, I get – Listen, it's the Cincinnati Reds. Coming into this series, you wouldn't think it would be an issue, but when they play the Yankees, they stepped up big time. It's fair. So it would, and they just um, swept the the Rays before this series. So maybe this is their one hot point in the season. But I wasn't crazy that they gave Laza the the opportunity there. But maybe thinking back on it, it to take the series, I. Maybe they were just thinking they were doing the old Yankee stuff or 2021 Yankees stuff where they're saying we're gearing up for Boston, so yeah. this is just going to be where he has to be thrown in. But it didn't insti- like it didn't really bother me when it happened. Thinking back on it, yeah, you probably could have gone with another arm different there. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty clear know, John, that... that- are you, I, I know you're a big Laza fan, and I, I was too. I'm a little nervous about this kid. Like, I, I don't know. He, I know it's his first game back, mm-hmm. but I don't, this is the guy we were gearing up to be our, our, our ne- be, the closer know, forever. Comparison, <laughs> the closer for a long time. A lot of Mariano yeah. comparisons, but I'm a little nervous about him. I know it's his first start yeah. back, but or fair, dude. first appearance back, but I'm just a little because this kid looks 
dominant last year. Like he looked unhittable. Yeah, like and gross. Remember like when Clay he came Holmes into gross. the Boston? He came into that Boston game. Where I don't know if he let all those runners on, but he then, he, he loaded the bases and then got them all out. Yeah, and then boom, 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 boom. That and was a day game we're not on like Thursday that this year. So now Matt right. Blake talked about Matt Blake talked about how he's trying to get him back in the mindset, and I don't know. It's it's going to take some time, but. He's gonna get. I think he's gonna get some action this weekend, though. So, hundred percent. I do think, as much as I would would have liked them to potentially go with another arm in that situation, uh, I think Boone made it pretty clear that most of the bullpen was like not available. Um, yeah, so that's like Wandy, Holmes, and King were not pitching. Uh, like the field could have been on fire. Uh, they probably would have thrown Anthony Rizzo before they pitched Holmes or King again, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a bad take being worried about Laza. I mean, obviously, it's very small sample size, but dude's got an 8.31 ERA on the year. Um, he's only finished. He's only, he's only went a full inning twice this year. Um, or no, excuse me, twice in his last five. Um, which obviously is small sample size still. Um, he had a couple like ground balls squeak through. One of them was kind of hit hard. That was off DJ's glove and trickles in the left field, which then makes it a big mess. But yeah, you kind of can't say his stuff looks like it did last year at this moment in time. Yes. I'm going to give him till August. I'll give him till August. August 1st. Is that fair? Is that like fair two weeks, I guess? I won't give Chapman that because I hate him, but I'll give Loisega it because I love him. I'll tack on three weeks. I'll say three weeks. <laughs> All right. So I'll for, give three weeks. You got till the first week of August until I move into my apartment, Laza. And when I'm watching you in a different state, you better be good again. I almost bought his jersey last year, dude. Oh. Yeah. But also, before we get too deep in this game, Dylan Lawson ejected. Home plate ump. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. He's a very well-known ump. Um, had a Horrible. Ter- yeah. Had a terrible, terrible night on both sides of the ball. Um, Luis Castillo needed no help, and he got he definitely got some. Um, he had a terrible night. Yeah, Dylan Lawson, like, randomly ejected. Michael K made a great point on the broadcast. He was like, listen, I can barely hear my wife in a silent room, 8 by 12 room, and it's like every umpire. They hear something from 40 feet away in the dugout. They instantly know who to throw out of there. It's well, like, to be fair, the Yankees talk a lot of shit about oh, balls. Yeah. Oh, I love it though. Yeah, no, they probably he probably deserved it, but just something that like you can throw out the hit and coach really. Like, he's just sticking up for his dudes out there. Um, oh yeah, well, who uh, Marcus Thames got ejected pretty bad last year too in a big one. But yeah, besides the point, Judge hit a ho- Judge hit a big homer. Glaber, I mean. It's like Labor Day every day, dude. I you saw you retweeted the the tweet I put out. He is kind of the comparison of him between uh, Trevor Story and Bo Bichette. Dude's putting together a phenomenal year right now. Two run homer in this one, and then really the only other thing to nitpick is Lucas Lickie. Um, just had a really bad tenth. Just felt like everything was getting smashed in the left field. Yeah. Um, three runs is a lot in one inning, so. That's about it, dude, I think. You got anything else from this game? Chapman nah, would have came in. I just want to forget about this series. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I can only bad. care so much right now. Um, well, I mean, that's not true, but you can, it, well, it can after only, the, a, a, after this weekend, it could be different because yes. this is their worst stretch of baseball that they've played. The two games finishing in Boston mm-hmm. and then the series, they can not, the sky is falling, but raindrops and it's getting cloudy for Yankee fans. True. But cause they got three this also. weekend against Boston. Obviously they're only dude. Boston was 14 back last week and now they're 15 and a half back. I mean, they should be Boston should be more worried about Baltimore than they are about us. Honestly, fact like they're a game and a half up on Baltimore and I think they're tied with Seattle who's hot like Seattle out of nowhere if I get to see Robbie Ray pitch again in a game that matters I'm gonna be pissed Julio Rodriguez is very good yeah he's a problem um but yeah dude didn't didn't uh cookie did not crumble all our way in this series all right let's do our savages of this series let's do it who did you have who did I have, Rob? I had Glaber Torres. Isn't it obvious? I had Glaber Torres, it Rob. Yes, isn't it obvious? I'm trying to f- pull up his game logs real quick. Um, obviously, he had the big two-run homer yesterday. Didn't put us... Well, what I thought when he hit that, I was like, oh, we won this game. Like, 4-4, we're winning this game. But now, Glaber has really been raking, dude. He had three, four. He had five hits in this series, dude. One homer, three ribbies. Uh, he only had one walk, but... Putting bat to ball, I mean, he's just a different type of dude right now. He, I've been kind of harping on it uh, a lot. Like when he, when I thought he was hurt a few, a few weeks ago, like I was freaking out because I was like, bro, this guy's been freaking raking for us. Um, he's now got his WAR up to three point three. Um, he's hitting two seventy three batting average, three twenty nine on base, four ninety six slugging. Is an 8.25 OPS and a 134 OPS plus. Um, got 40 RBIs now, 14 homers, 18 doubles, a triple. Freaking go, dude! Top second baseman in the league again. Uh, I just got super excited because my savage of the series is Garrett Cole, but I just looked but. at what the projected on your birthday, July 17th, Sunday. The it's matchup Garrett. is Garrett Cole versus Chris Sale. Oh, it's Chris Sale? Yes. I just screamed into the mic, but... Yes, that's what I was internally doing now <laughs> while you were talking about Glaver Torres. So that, okay. I have Garrett Cole as my savage of the series, but that Sunday game, must watch television. Yeah. I bet ESPN wish they had that for Sunday Night Baseball. Is it? Is it just yes? Talk. Yeah, it's at one thirty. Okay. so I think... Uh, well, yeah, they always do... Uh, yeah, so yeah, like a random cool. prime game or something. Yeah. So Damn. that is very exciting. That'll be huge start that's the for World Garrett Series Cole, for Sox not fans. At, even though it's not at Fenway, but it's still huge because it really Garrett Cole has general struggles with Boston. Even though, um, even though he has had a few here and there at the stadium where he's been good. Just um, show up in right. the big games. Show up in MVP, the big games. MVPs of sucking. Mistake. I had Clay Holmes. Hopefully, this is the only one that I'll ever have to give to this guy ever. Um, but. I, I the sky is not falling, but I just had to give it to him because he was the, I mean that first game you have it locked up, but it's it was just it was a tough look and he didn't really look like he had it out of the gate. But who'd you have? Mm-hmm. Um, so as you probably saw on the doc, I was gonna go Clay if you didn't as an honorable mention. Um, I could be rude and go to Laza, but I'm it's Friday, Rob. 
not gonna be rude today. We have a great positive interview. Friday. We just did a great interview. Um, yes. So I'm not gonna be rude to Jonathan Luizga right now, but this might even come across as ruder to some. Luis Severino, dude. Luis Severino, you gotta tell me if your arm or lat or whatever doesn't feel good. Like, come on, yeah. dude. I don't care if you have to miss a start against the Cincinnati Reds a week before the All Star break. Uh, really, Just, a week? But that's what he would have had already. Hit. He would have had his rest. He would have rested for ten days, rest. dude. And even if it is, even if it is his, even if he has to go on the IL, that's still a significant less time, especially when you strain it even more if you're pitching. So yeah, that's, I really uh, didn't that like tough. that. Yeah. So Savvy, speak up when you're no. freaking hurt, dude. Uh, yes, please do. It could have went to you know, could have went to Licky too. It could have went to who went to a few people, but Savvy, you get it because you're very important and you're supposed to be a big part of this team. And I want to see you pitch before September, dude. Yes, for sure. All right, well, that's it for episode 101. Thanks again to Randy Wilkins for coming on the pod, talking about the uh, the captain. That'll be a must-watch during the All-Star break after we see the Sox. And uh, for the All-Star, I think it's coming out on the day of the All-Star game. Oh, no, on the day of the Home Run Derby, which Stanton is not participating in. Corey Seager is now that last participant. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, really excited for the Sox series. I will be there on Saturday, Saturday night. StubHub tried to screw me out of my tickets, although, so, but I got them back and I got really? replaced with tickets. Yeah, they, well, not really. I think it's just like they have like an insurance policy because the person that wanted the tickets took them back, but we bought these like two, two months ago. What kind of freaking like, nonsense is that? Dude? I, I don't know, but we got, we actually got kind of upgraded with our seats. So oh, at word. the end of the day, it's not that bad, but oh, I'm bad. very excited to see th- that game tomorrow. Jameson Tyone is on the mound for that and Nick Pavetta. So although JMO with his recent history, we're going to have to see about that, but I am very excited for that game. Very excited for this weekend. And uh, when then once we get the all-star break going, we are half halfway through the season and that's kind of crazy. Uh, but it's been a much better season than we had last year on the pod yes, and even this season before. So we'll keep it going. That is it for episode number 101. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, follow us on our social medias at 4 Train Savages on Instagram and TikTok, as well as at 4 Savages on Twitter. Go ahead over there and follow us, and we will catch you guys next time.